Hello, this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. I'm Steve Poisner, healthcare consumer advocate, founder, and executive director. Our nonprofit's mission is to help you navigate the complex healthcare system and understand your legal rights, options, and opportunities when you encounter problems and obstacles. We want to empower you with the information you need to fight back and get the best possible care. Our special guests, experts in their field of healthcare and medicine, provide you with an informative, interesting, and life-changing education on a variety of healthcare topics important to you and your loved ones. In our new Fight Back mini-cast series, we take you through the highlights and great educational information from our most popular podcast topics in our very large library. Let's get started. You mentioned em- em- employers and that you know we're unique in having an employer-centric uh, health insurance system in the United States. Why don't you think employers have demanded more reform since they're they're carrying a big chunk of the financial tab? Well, a couple things. Just anecdotally, having talked to some HR people and um, CEO types, um, you know, maybe two dozen companies, maybe actually maybe more. Um, a lot of them aren't aware of uh, what alternative options there are, like self insurance for these companies and just running their healthcare themselves. Um, but yeah, that, that would be the biggest one that I could think of right there. And then of course, just other people from the public policy standpoint, uh, American voters aren't aware of the kind of reforms that could actually make a difference and really improve these things. They're not aware of anything pretty much because for most people, their employer pays their insurance premium and then deals with things. And so they don't have to do it. Now, of course, um, some big employers, you know, who are starting to become quite sensitive to the cost of providing health insurance have started to try to implement some reforms. Uh, I've been reading about some of your analysis of what Whole Foods has been doing. Uh, can you tell our listeners about some of the innovation that Whole Foods is trying to implement? Well, sure. And let me just start off by saying it's not that new anymore. So what I'm about to describe, Whole Foods started in 2002, um, which is great because we've now got a track record of success. And so um, in conjunction with their workers, they did like two years of um, these group interview meetings and just trying to see what everyone wanted. And both unions approved of it. So what they did was they created a, um, an insurance scheme and it's got an annual deductible of uh, $1,850. And then the trick here, though, was they created a health savings account for every employee. And every single year that that employee is working there, they get gifted $1,850 into their health savings account, which is enough to cover that deductible, which means they're 100% financially safe. But at the same time, the workers are told, honestly, hey, any money you don't spend, it's yours to keep. It rolls over in the account. Um, spend wisely. And if you compare the behavior of people on that type of an insurance system with HMOs or PPOs and whatnot, indemnity insurance, um, it turns out they spend about 35% less. And the real kicker, if you're the CEO trying to decide whether to copy um, Whole Foods, is that even after you account for those annual deposits in the people's health savings accounts, you know, at Whole Foods, it's 1850 every year. Even after you account for that, there's a 11 to 12% net savings. Um, and so it, it's remarkable. This is like free money lying around. And 
Um, I'm glad, as you said, that um, a word is beginning to spread, but I wish it could spread even faster. The, the key concept, though, here is to get consumers of health insurance to care about the cost. Is that one of the underlying economic principles here? Yes. And, you know, this requires other things, too. Like, you know, there should be price tags on everything in healthcare. We, we You can't get the price here ahead of time. But um, you, you, there are all these benefits of competition and free markets and having the providers compete that just aren't happening under our current system, which most people don't know, but is highly centralized. The government each year sets reimbursement prices for um, all sorts, actually 64,000 different procedures in the DRG system. And then most insurance companies just uh, cover those reimbursement levels or maybe, you know, add a fixed percentage to them. And so we actually have centralized pricing in the United States. And we know how well that works in Venezuela and uh, how it worked in the Soviet Union so badly. And so we, we are lacking in this country uniquely um, any of the benefits from free market competition. We are also lacking... Um, you know, the way the English attempt to do it, which doesn't work as well, but it, it works a little better than ours in terms of cost control, um, having bureaucrats run everything centralized and bring in the accountants and the bean counters. Um, so those are both cost control methods, um, uh, you know, centralization on the one hand, like England and Canada. But on the other hand, what I would like and what you're hinting at here. Steve, and which I think is the best thing, is, is simply to have a decentralized cost control. Put money into people's pockets. Tell them any money you don't spend is yours to keep. And just watch them all of a sudden become better consumers of healthcare products. And like th things like, you know, they suddenly, when it's their own money, they go to um, uh, generic drugs instead of brand name drugs. Another example is if it's your own money and your kid has the sniffles, you're going to go to the urgent care for 100 rather than walking into the emergency room for $3,000. Um, you just need a little bit of price sensitivity and suddenly people are making much better decisions. Why is it? that the health insurance company is okay paying you know, the $3,000 for the MRI at the hospital when, in fact, they, they could you know, you know, guide the consumer to the, to the $1,000 MRI across the street. Why do the health insurance companies you know, you know, pay, pay these, you know, these, these high prices sometimes when they don't have to? Well, there are a couple of reasons. Um, the, the one that I think is more important is that um, the uh, insurance companies have a very weird sort of profit model, right? Their profit model is we're going to take, say, 3% of whatever amount of billables goes through the system each year. So if it's a trillion dollars, we're going to get 3% of a trillion dollars. Now, of course, they do want to keep costs down a little because, you know, there's only a limited amount of premiums coming in. Um, with which to pay out um, healthcare services um, going out. And so there is some cost control. And, you know, occasionally you will have a politically sensitive, well-publicized case of, you know, some child, for instance, needing a rare cancer medication and his insurance company denied the claim and wouldn't pay for it. And then it becomes, you know, a big thing in the media. Um, but for the most part, there's these conflicting incentives, um, which are that on the one hand, uh, the insurance company with that cancer drug might say, look, it's not proven to be any more effective. Why should we pay for it? Um, we'll pay for this other drug here um, that we do know is effective or at least just as effective and but costs 10 times less. Right. So there there is some attempt in these sort of individual cases to do cost control. 
But more broadly speaking, they wouldn't want to massively reduce the amount of billables going through the system, which is what would happen if, for instance, every worker in America was on the whole food system. Suddenly, the workers are going for much less expensive treatments. Oh, and by the way, they end up just as healthy. Um, but uh, they, by cutting back there, the amount of money going through the insurance system um, falls precipitously, 35%. And so I think one of the problems here in a place where we could have some good legislation is that whenever an insurance company goes in to pitch a corporate CEO or their HR people on health insurance plans, um, the first one they have to start off with would look like the Whole Foods thing. And then God bless them if their salespeople could talk the company into something more expensive. I want to thank you for listening to today's Fight Back minicast. You can listen to the full podcast on this topic or check out additional podcasts by going to our website at www.healthcareconsumerrights.org. We also welcome your input and stories that we can use on future podcasts. This is Steve Poisner, and this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. Thanks for listening. I look forward to our next podcast. Talk with you soon.